I good at? I can shred on the drums, and I'm a marketing whiz. Okay, Venom, reel it in. Reel it in this time, all right? Reel it in. Reel it in slow and steady. I'm Parker Dietz. I'm Tom Logan. And you're listening to Reel It In, the podcast for marketers who like other stuff too. Welcome to Reel It In. Today, I am joined by Jacinda Smith, the CEO and founder of Time. Time is um, not only a Colton client, but a really cool brand, um, creating innovative products in the beauty space. And we are so, so thrilled to have her on. Jacinda, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, of course. We're excited to have you. Um, I know uh, our team loves loves working with your team. I personally haven't had had much interaction uh, myself, so I'm super excited to to get to know the brand a little bit better, get to know you a little bit better. Um, and I know that our, our listeners will will love to to learn the same. So um, I guess to to kind of kick things off um, in like researching your company and and looking at your website, it's super apparent to me that your your founding story, kind of like how time came to be, is is super central to to the brand's narrative. Um, I, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners aren't, aren't familiar with that story. Would you mind just like quickly like breaking down um, how time came to be? What was the inspiration behind it? Um, and, and yeah, just basically uh, the, the backstory there. Sure. Um, I basically, we hit like a roadblock in our lives where, you know, we hit a like, I don't know if it's like a tipping point where it's like bottom and you can't have anything to lose. You know, you felt like you had nothing to lose. So, you know, my husband and I hit a really hard point. And at that point, I decided, okay, that's it. Like, I have to do something. And I'd had this idea for an iron, but I hadn't like taken action on it yet because I was kind of a procrastinator back then. I think it's because I didn't really truly believe in myself. Um, And so I ended up, you know, creating the iron because I had seen a need in the salon where women just were having trouble styling their hair. And I would always try and teach them. So I ended up inventing an iron. And um, from there, you know, we just grew the company. But I think, you know, it's so important to, you know, um, include that story because I've had such a long road to navigating the world of beauty. You know, I was always able to see beauty in everyone else, but I never, ever saw it in myself. And so, you know, once I created the iron, it helped me find like my strengths and what I could focus on as good in myself. And so I always want to share that story because I think if I can inspire one other person to, you know, go on that journey to, you know, believe in themselves, then, you know, it, it's worth telling. Yeah. And did you always have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit or is that something that kind of came to you uh, uh, later in life? Um, I think yeah. like, yeah, I was just going to say, I think like sometimes some people are just born with it and some people like discover it. I'm wondering what the case is for you. Yeah, I think like my dad was such a entrepreneur, you know, our whole family always like wanted to be entrepreneurs, but I didn't know my path to becoming one because like I said, I didn't believe in myself. Um, you know, it was more out of desperation that I stumbled upon it. Um, but yeah, I think it's like in me because I think I had like lots of businesses when I was little. My daughter's already had like five businesses because, you know, I think it just runs in our family. <laughs> What's the uh, what's the most lucrative business your kids are your kids are running these days? <laughs> <laughs> well, she, I think her most lucrative was the slime company she had. The school had oh, to yeah. shut down because it was creating too much chaos in her school. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's essentially just like a Elmer's glue, right? 
Uh, no, it, it requires a lot of products and a lot of mess. <laughs> so yeah, you have to really believe in your kids to let them be a, a slime business. Yes, you got shut down by the trade commissions, <laughs> yeah. forming a monopoly on the slime market at our school. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I guess for, for those of us who, um, um, you know, aren't as familiar with, with hairstyling tools or, or using them, like what makes the, the, t the time iron specifically, it seems like that was the flagship product. Like what makes yeah. it different than like a normal, I guess, straightening iron or curling iron? So um, I, we put this little like hook on it and we twisted the iron. So when you twist it and put the hook on, what it does is basically takes all the work out of it so that you have an easy rotation. So that what, that's what makes it different than a flat iron styling. But when it comes to curling irons, you know, um, when I invented it, it was more like the curling irons were all like wrapped from the bottom up to the top and the bottom requires less heat and the top requires more heat. So, you know, it's, it's just better for your hair in that it's quicker for the motion. And then it also lasts longer because of like how it heats and cools hair which kind of relates to if you've ever seen a blacksmith like in movies, most of us don't see them in real life, but what they do is they heat the iron and then they shape it and then they cool it. And that's how hair works as well. So if they didn't cool that, you know, iron in place, all it would do is like kind of meld and mold and be a funky shape and hair works the same way. So basically we start the cooling process sooner with the iron. Gotcha. So and so like much, much longer. Yeah. And so when you come in with this new iron and I guess this new way of, of doing it, was there any like rejection or like resentment from like any incumbents in the beauty industry or like, or, you know, maybe like beauticians that initially were like, um, you know, sort of like, whoa, slow down. What are you, what are you doing here? We've been doing it the same way for, for so long. Yeah. I think um, one thing as an entrepreneur that you'll learn is everyone tells you no all the time. Um, and so, yeah, you just face no all the time. Like, when I first created it, everybody was like, oh, somebody else has for sure created it. There's no way you're the inventor of it. And, you know, those were my closest friends saying that, you know, and and then I you meet that kind of adversity all along the way. And it really teaches you how to believe in yourself. So, yes, we encountered it all along the way. And then we also had many frauds like taking our design and our name and my face and putting it all over their sites and everything. And that's been a lot to deal with. So I don't know if we've yet, but yes, we have also dealt with like hairstylists saying, well, I can do this another way faster, all of that as well. So yes, you just always encounter it. Yeah. I think it's exactly the point too, right? Is like, sure. It's a salon. Maybe you can, but you're making it more accessible for people to do it at home and, yes. and get these looks on their own. Um, and I think something you said is like, you, it's, it's what you always hear on like shark tank is what it makes me think of is like, how did no one think of this before? But yeah. uh, usually it, it just does. It takes that person to find that problem they're trying to solve and um, and and think of a, a solution. And it's usually like out of necessity um, yeah. as opposed to just like, you know, thinking of what can I what can I create? It's more so like I have this problem. Like, how can I how can I find a solution for it? Yeah, exactly. If you're encountering the problem, so is somebody else. Right, right. Exactly. Um, and I guess um, as far as the like the, the journey you went on, I guess, after founding it, was there a, a specific moment you can po point to as far as like um, validation? Like, OK, I think we're on to something. I think we I think we can make this work. I think we can make this a, su a successful business. Was there any like moment or milestone at time that that led you to think that? Um, let's see. I feel like there were just all these little things all along the way that kind of say, yes, this is working, this can work. Um, but I think it also like 
is your perspective. So what I've learned is that you can always look at something with a negative perspective or a positive perspective. And, you know, um, there was, there's a lot of naysayers because we launched online. And so that was back when companies weren't launching as online as much. Um, and so, you know, we just encountered so much negativity that it was more like, okay, I see little glimmers of hope all along the way. But I have to say when like, I had to go speak at Facebook when they asked me to come speak there, like that was a huge thing for me. I don't know why that was such a big thing, maybe because we launched on Facebook and then I went to speak at Facebook and that was like, just like, I don't know, that was some kind of affirmation for me. But all along the way, it was just small little things that, you know, just keep encouraging you all throughout the day. Yeah, I feel like in the world of beauty, it's so um, it's, it's because the products are so like personal to, to either like your own, um, your own look, your own complexion, like Mm -hmm. your, your physical body, like that physical stores have, have always done well in that regard, as far as like being able to sample or like check out the the products. How did you overcome that hurdle? Cause you, you initially, um, launched online. Like what kind of things did you do to make that, that purchase a little easier, um, for the customer at that point? Yeah, I think, um, Probably our curl pop was like the thing that made it easy for us because when, you know, you curl with the iron and that curl kind of pops up and wraps back, it kind of like sparks a little like, wow, hair can be easy. Like, because, you know, the beauty industry has taught us, you know, perfection is what is beautiful in so, so many ways. You know, I think that, you know, perfect styling, perfect makeup, perfect, all these things are what has really caught on. And so I think it grabs people's attentions when attention when they see that like curl pop. And so, you know, our goal is to teach women that hair can be easy and beauty can be easy it, and it can take less time. And so I think, you know, just grabbing people's attention with that curl pop is like a huge thing that helps them kind of open the door to like, wait, can hair be easy? Yeah. And I like that you touched on this idea of like, perfection um in the beauty industry as like a standard i think we're seeing right now and we've we've been seeing it for the last couple years is uh tons of beauty brands are just doing like more emphasis on on you know an individual's like uniqueness and not necessarily always striving for perfection a little bit more like relatable especially like in their marketing content um and i see like time definitely has like tons of like user generated content on their website and tons of their marketing i know like we work with 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 your team to to create some of that stuff mm-hmm. um i guess why is that important is is that important to time like showing that more relatable side that more authentic sort of side of of beauty oh yeah for sure i think our we have really made a, a turn and a switch that we are only going to focus on authentic beauty now um because we wanted to make it clear like we've always been doing it but now we want to be vocal about it because you know I've just seen so many people feel let down by perfection and that they aren't living up to it when really like I can see beauty in everyone. I really truly can. And so I want to, you know, see if people can start seeing it more in themselves. So one of the things that we've always done is really like we've always showed the girls styling on themselves. And when they style on themselves, they truly create their own style. So we've always taught them how to just, you know, create that beautiful style that works on them and then if we do their hair then we always show that we're doing the hair and as stylists um but i think it's so important that we start talking about authentic beauty and really helping you know people understand that you know it's attainable beauty is attainable and it comes from within you 
And so we're really trying to kind of tether that message together and undo this like perfectionism in, in the beauty industry. Yeah, I think it's especially important right now. I, I think of, I mean, I'm sure you think about it all the time with, with children. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just like um, on the, the way later end of it, but like even I was, you know, on the phone all the time as like growing up in, in high school, like looking at social media, looking at all these people um, and their perception of, of like what their life looks like. And it's like, it's, it's a scary time, I think, to be coming up in that environment. And I think like, it's important for brands to, to show that like, not everyone is, is, you know, quote unquote, perfect. And that we should, you know, rather embrace like our, our uniqueness and our individuality a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, you know, you can see it in pockets everywhere, like be real. That's a great, you know, app that, it's showing kids like where they are and, and who, you know, just whatever it is at any moment. And they're so excited to post about it because it only hits like at a certain time of day. So you can't really plan it, which I love. So it can't be that like perfection, you know, it just has to be what it is. And I love that kids are starting to embrace that because I think that they'll kind of pull away from that perfectionism that we created, you know, through like, you know, Instagram, I think is the the biggest culprit of it, but it's also, you know, just how we chose to use the platform. So, you know, you can, you can choose to like view, you know, everything through a certain lens. You can know that these things are very curated and, you know, know that it's filtered in all of that stuff so that you, you know, can start embracing like the less than perfect, which everyone is right. Perfect doesn't, I don't think truly exist. It's just something of, you know, that we're creating. In our yeah, mind. definitely. Yeah. And I think our flaws actually make us more interesting. But, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> That's where growth comes in. <laughs> exactly. And if our, if the B-reel goes off during this recording, I'm going to be really upset if I miss it. <laughs> very active, very active on that platform. Get very excited. Our whole office is like, when it goes off, like everyone's like, oh my God, like in the middle of meetings, like, it's like <laughs> taking, taking selfies. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of that app. I'm yeah. curious how they're going to get like, uh, how they're going to monetize it at some point. Um, but I guess yeah, that's a, a larger conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess other than this shift away from, from like perfection and more of a focus on authentic and, and like um, relatable beauty, are there any other like trends in the, in the industry that you're seeing um, that maybe are, are more recent or have popped up recently that um, maybe are like on time's radar to either like address or, um, you know, take advantage of like, what's really like, what's, what's happening in the beauty industry right now? Is there, are there any major shifts going on? Um, I think there is. I do think there's a shift that is really starting to embrace like different hair types and different like things looking beautiful. What I love is that right now it's not like, oh, you can see like this. I, so for a while when Friends was very popular, like right at the end of Friends, like everyone had to have perfect stick straight hair like Jennifer Aniston, you know, when her hair was really long and pretty. And so well, her hair's always pretty, but, you know, at that moment, it was very long and straight. And so I think, you know, it was like everybody had to have that hair. And now it's like everyone is kind of meeting people where they're at. So I love that, you know, there's so many curl, you know, brands that are enhancing curly hair. There's so many brands that are, you know, showing straight hair. There's brands focusing on just all the different hair types. And I love that because, you know, I, I love that you can have like 70s inspired fluffy hair or you can have like, you know, really sleek, straight, 
hair and all of it looks great right now. Um, and you can have really full hair. It's just so many different types um, of hair. And I just love that, you know, you're starting to see more of it kind of everywhere, which is, I think, so powerful. Yeah, it's a good point. I think of like, when I look at photos for like movies from the 70s, they do all have like different hair and it's all, it's all cool and like unique to them. Um, yeah. And I think definitely for sure, like right now, people are moving back over to that and being able to like, you don't all have to like have this one haircut or this, you know, I guess for, for men, sometimes it's like the same kind of facial hair. Uh, yeah. The mustache is having a big resurgence right now. Thanks to, thanks to Top Gun. I've noticed <laughs> um, if that's for the, if, if that's, you know, a good thing, uh, I don't know, but I definitely participated with my own, my own mustache for a while. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, yeah. So it sounds like everything that is um, going on with time is, is, you know, super exciting. You're solving a lot of problems. Let's move into, into your book. I definitely want to talk about what is the inspiration behind your book and also mm -hmm. like, what is it, what's it going to be about? So my book is going to be about, I, I created this concept, it's called a clarity vine. I haven't come up with a name for the book yet, but the clarity vine basically like, if you're in a moment of frustration or a moment where, you know, you're really feeling pull, you know, sometimes people get it in the form of stress. Sometimes people get it in the form of chaos. Sometimes people just feel like they can't, like, like they're treading water, right? And they can't get anywhere. So in that moment, I've created this thing called the Clarity Vine. And what it does is it takes you from the moment you're in right now, and you can kind of walk back through what I call your spotlight memories, those memories that kind of stand out for no reason to you. They, they could be totally obscure, but that moment has like a little nugget of like truth to your path here, you know, on earth and what you're really here and what your purpose is. So it's helping you walk back to the creation of beliefs that are causing your frustration points here and now. So what, what the book is going to do is teach you how to walk back through those spotlight moments to the creation of a belief. And then you retrain your brain in that belief, like where you created that belief so that you don't experience that same frustration point here and now. And what that does is it like, opens up and frees you up from that frustration point. And, and basically what it does is it helps you level up in life. So I love, you know, what, I don't know, this whole like leveling up concept. I don't know if everybody's super familiar with it, but when you learn a lesson in life, whether it's like, I, I like to just describe a, a little kid, right? They're crawling across the room. And when they learn to walk, it opens them up to like, I mean, think about it, running, skipping, jumping, playing sports, water skiing, parachuting, you know, like just all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't get to do if you crawled. And so basically what it's doing is like taking those beliefs that you created basically when you were learning to walk and, you know, at a young age and you're resetting it and going, giving it an adult perspective, a perspective with wisdom behind it and going, oh, at that moment I created that and it's been holding me back my whole life until this moment where I can now see it with a new lens and a new perspective. And then that helps you grow as a person. And it's so, so fun to experience. Yeah. So just to, like, so I understand you're basically, you're, you're identifying either a, a belief or a moment in time that made you feel or, or behave a certain way and kind of just realizing that as a means to explain like why you're in this frustration point now. 
Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. So like for me, my big one was I'm not smart. So way back in the day, somewhere in my past, I created a belief that I wasn't smart. And so as I became a CEO and had to like start making what I considered smart decisions, right? You needed to be a smart person to make these decisions. I didn't feel like I was capable of doing it. So I would always give that power away to everyone else to make those decisions. But as I started realizing like, oh, my smart is something different than basically what, you know, in in school, basically, you know, you learn if you're really, you're really good at rote tasks, rote memory, those kinds of things are really good in school. But mine is a very out of the box thinking mind. And so like, I'm very good at seeing something over here and connecting it to something way over here. And so I didn't learn how to develop that in school. So it's not that I wasn't smart. I was just a different kind of smart than what I was seeing around me. And so it's basically like finding something like that within you that you created as a child and then you're carrying around now as an adult, but still viewing from that child's perspective. Gotcha. And so do you think are are most of these like points in time, are they related to childhood or can they happen anytime? Oh my gosh, they're happening every day, all the time. (laughs) Um, But you'll, they're just memories that really stand out to you. And sometimes they're just very in your subconscious mind. And when you start thinking about it, it'll just pop in and it'll seem really obscure, but it's like perfect for what you need to know to learn that lesson. Yeah, I know. It sounds enlightening. What's like, so like, I mean, you don't have to go into all the details, um, but like generally, like if I'm trying to like identify like one of these points, is it just like... So are you just deep, deep thinking on it, meditating on it, like journaling about it? Like, are there multiple ways to actually like think through these? I think it's like a very hard thing to do personally is like think back and attribute, um, attribute some experience to, to like the way I am now, I guess, especially if we're talking more like when you're a child, um, yeah. I guess what's like the, what's like, what are some of the processes there? Like some of the tactics for, for uncovering those. So basically what you do is you draw like a little seed and then you draw a vine. Okay. And you write down your frustration point here. So maybe you're, you know, having trouble communicating with your girlfriend or with your boss or something, right? So you write down having trouble communicating with it. And then you say the three emotions that are tied with it. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. So you might be like anger, um, betrayal, and hurt are some emotions that come up. And then you go, okay, when's the last time I experienced those three emotions? Because those emotions are the key to walking back. And so you, you say, okay, oh, when I was in college, you know, I experienced this. So you just draw a leaf and you write that moment down. And then you say, okay. And then you kind of write down what kind of happened, just a little synopsis and like super negative thoughts I put up on the left hand side. And so I write those down. And then I just keep that little leaf there. And then I go, oh, there's another time. Oh, when I was in, you know, junior high, my friends all had this one night, blah, blah, blah. You put that little same thing. And that emotion, that emotional, like tethering of those three emotions will guide you back. And then you'll find, oh, when I was in fifth grade, my mom started working and I felt, you know, um, like betrayed and alone and whatever those three emotions were, right? And in that moment, you'll think, oh, my mom didn't love me. And that's why she went to work. But that's, you know, a fifth grader's perspective on a mom going back to work. As an adult, you can go, oh, she needed to find herself. She needed more money. She needed to bring in more income. She wanted to do something for the family. You know, whatever that 
what whatever the new perspective on it is so you just set that in and then once you do that like now you don't carry that anchor that you've been carrying since fifth grade that your mom doesn't love you that's so interesting yeah it yeah. sounds like very freeing there's a new perspective on on a ton of situations yeah i have a whole chapter on in the book that's going to be dedicated to the phoenix rising moment because once you let go of these anchors that have been holding you back like all of a sudden you have like a whole phoenix rising moment you're like whoa i'm a whole new person this is crazy like everything is different so i teach people how to you know not spin out <laughs> and not expect yeah. everybody to know that you've changed so much because i mean creating that thing that you're now worthy of love whereas you were carrying around that you weren't worthy of love before is like it's a whole other ball game for you yeah so, how did you go ahead oh sorry how'd you get into all this is it like just a passion of yours is it something you you learned at one point and want to um share with others like what is what's um yeah what's how did you get started in this in this whole like mentality i think it's because i was so negative on myself my whole life and it's it's really weird because like my what other people saw in me versus what my perspective of myself was, was so different. You know, my dad said I was a leader when I was young and I felt like, you know, I wasn't, I felt like, you know, everybody was better than me and I was just trying to do things for them. Um, you know, so at the, I just like, when I became a CEO, I started believing in, you know, well, maybe there's a way to like improve myself because I'm going to need to get better at doing, it was one thing like, when people were yelling at me, I would just break down and cry. Like I didn't know how to handle it. And I figured like as a CEO, I better figure that out. Like, I feel like I'm going to get yelled at. So I just need to figure it out. And then once I figured it out, people don't yell at me anymore. <laughs> so um, once I was like, okay, well, that's cool. And then I just, once you learn about leveling up in lessons, I mean, it's hard to not want to do it every day all the time. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful and so empowering. I just want this, you know, I just want to make myself better. And once I realize how easy it is to pull those beliefs out, I mean, it's so powerful. So, you know, my goal is always, you know, how can I make things better for other people? And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to share this. And so, yeah, so that's what, you know, how can I start like just sharing this? Because if one other person is out there, with that perspective on themselves like I had and and we can change that like we should definitely change it because it's so easy once you start doing it yeah I mean that's great you're so enthusiastic to share it I'm certainly enthusiastic to to get a copy when it comes out have you started um actually like writing it yet oh yeah that sure. process is like yeah. yeah what do you do just sit down and <laughs> start writing like writing a book seems so daunting to me oh you have no idea like I've never even wrote a like paper in my life I honestly like would have parties and people would write papers for me because I didn't believe I was smart enough to write it, right? It's like this all-encompassing lesson for me. So, um, you know, I've actually hired someone that is helping guide me through how to write a book. And so she asked me a bunch of questions and then I just fill it out. But I created the outline because I know what I need the information to be that's coming across. And I don't think a ghostwriter can come up with the concepts because if you don't understand what you're trying to talk about, it doesn't work. So I'm just learning to be smart enough to write a book. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I think that's definitely the most challenging part is just like like and, and where I guess you're getting the help is like is like structuring it and like planning mm -hmm. and like how the sections break down. Like well, seems like it's something you could talk about all day. Um, yeah. but you know, getting it into a, into an actual book is 
is definitely like more of a challenge, but um, Absolutely. sounds sounds like it's going to be going to be really great. Do you have any uh, any clue when it's going to come out or what the, the timeline there is looking like? I don't know that. I don't know what it's going to take for me to, you know, like get this all across um, in the way I want. I'm hoping like, you know, for sure in 23, it'll be it'll come out this coming year for sure. I don't think I'll quite get it in this year. So hopefully the beginning of next year, it'll be coming out. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that. Um, I don't want to take any more of your time. It was so, so awesome having you on. Um, I know our listeners learned a lot and it was, it was great learning more about the backstory of, of time. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Jacinda. Yeah. Thanks so much, Parker. Thanks for having me on. It was great. It was talking. great. Um, yeah. So check out time style all their uh, all their awesome tools and products and, and be on the lookout for just in this book but we'll catch you next time on reel it in